Hello everyone and welcome to The Three Ball. I'm your host Sam and in today's podcast we are going to be doing the off-season guide for the Miami Heat. If y'all are new to these off-season guides, I basically give advice to NBA teams on what I believe they should try to do this off-season based on both a logistical outlook as well as a player personnel approach. And I take both into account, as I said, in order to give advice on what teams should do in the offseason. And today we're doing that for the Eastern Conference champions, the Miami Heat. And this is the second to last team we're doing. And hopefully the Denver one gets out tomorrow. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get it out because I'm on vacation. And I'm only recording, I'm recording this one on Monday, June 19th. So it's one day before it comes out. And if I record the Denver one, it'll be, to, it'll be on Tuesday. I, I don't know. There's a ton of stuff. For those of you who don't know, I am on vacation, so it's sort of difficult to, you know, carve out time to make these podcasts. But I'm doing my best to get y'all the best content possible. And then Thursday, I really hope to have a mock draft because that's obviously the draft. And I'm super excited for that to see what type of stuff goes down. But that, that, that is the, 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 the plan for the next few days. And after Thursday, I'll probably take a break until free agency or big trades. And speaking of big trades, I do want to touch on the Bradley Beal trade just for an instant. I, I, I have not recorded. This is the first podcast since the trade happened. And all I can say is Phoenix. I feel like they, I feel like Phoenix robbed, absolutely robbed Washington. Like they were going to get rid of Chris Paul anyways. Landry Shamit, he's good, but you'll be, you'll be fine without him. And then pick swap, it's like, well, Phoenix still gets a draft pick, and their pick's going to be trash anyway, so they're going to basically have their own draft picks because Phoenix is going to be worse than Washington. It, it, it's just, yeah. And then second-round picks, I don't know what Washington was thinking. If they were going to tra- trade bat, I just tried to combine trade and Bradley Beal. If they are going to try to trade Bradley Beal, they should have done it two or three years ago after he was averaging like 30 points a game. He was a super sought-after player, and they ended up settling for a really, really mediocre trade offer. I feel, I feel like Phoenix absolutely stole stole Bradley Beal for free. They're going to be a scary team talent-wise in the West. We'll see how well they can gel together. I feel like they'll be fine, but that's a story for another day. That was a very brief, like, 60-second type of talk about Bradley Beal trade, but obviously there's way more complications to it that I just can't do at the moment because we're not talking about the Suns, the Wizards, Bradley Beal. Well, actually, we'll talk about Bradley Beal later, <laughs> but for, for a different reason. But today we're going to be talking about the Miami Heat, as I said. This is the first part of this. Breakdown is the logistical outlook. So for those of you listening on YouTube, there will be a spreadsheet popping up on your screen right now. For those of you listening elsewhere, I'll explain this spreadsheet for you. This spreadsheet is filled with logistical information for the upcoming 2023-2024 NBA season. So, the first thing here is the depth chart with contract blanks. So the blank composition the Miami Heat start depends on who you ask. But during the playoffs, they started Gabe Vincent. He's a free agent this offseason. Behind Vincent is Kyle Lowry, who has one year left on his deal. And behind Lowry is Victor Oladipo, who, have one year, who has one year left, including a player option. Starting a shooting guard is Tyler Hero, four years left on his contract. Behind Hero is Max Struess, a pending free agent. Behind Struess is Duncan Robinson, three years left, including a player option. Then behind Robinson is Oladipo. And well, one more thing about Oladipo. He has one year left, including a player option, as I mentioned. And that means that he can become a free agent this offseason if he chooses to be one. Starting at small forward is Jimmy Butler. He has three years left, including a player option. Behind Butler is Robinson. Behind Duncan Robinson is Haywood Highsmith, who has one year left on his contract. 
And then behind Haywood Highsmith is Nikola Jovic. Three years left, including a couple of team options before he becomes a restricted free agent. Starting at power forward is Kevin Love, a free agent this offseason. Behind him is Kayla Martin, two years left, including a player option. Behind Martin is Nikola Jovic. And behind Jovic is Udonis Haslam, a free agent this offseason. Starting at center is Bam Adebayo, who has three years left on his contract. Behind Bam is Cody Zeller, a free agent this offseason. And lastly, behind Cody Zeller is Omer Yurt7, a restricted free agent this offseason. Moving on to the next part of this logistical guide, we have the salary cap table for next year. And the salary cap table assumes that all options are accepted and no free agents are brought in. So Jimmy Butler, this upcoming season, is going to be making $45 million. Bam Adebayo will make 33. Kyle Lowry will make 30 mil. Tyler Hero will make 27. Duncan Robinson, 18. Victor Oladipo, 9, if he accepts that option. Caleb Martin, 7. Nicole Jovic, 2. Haywood Highsmith, 2. That's non-guaranteed, though. He'll be guaranteed on July 15th. And when you add up all of those contracts, you get a grand total of $173 million for the Miami Heat for the next year. And with the salary cap being projected to be around 134 mil, the Heat would have negative 39 million dollars in projected cap room and negative 11 negative 11 million dollars in projected luxury tax room if the luxury tax cap is the projected value of 162 mil. Now we're going to move on to the final part of this logistical breakdown. We have the first round picks for the Miami Heat over the next 7 years. This year, they had their own draft pick. It's number 18. We'll see who they draft there. In 2024, they also have their own draft pick. In 2025, they have their own pick, but it's top 14 protected. If it's not conveyed, it'll be unprotected in 2026. They did that in the Casey Ocpala trade with Oklahoma City, and they got back their 2023 pick. So I don't know exactly how that trade worked, but they somehow traded away their 2023 pick in some trade, like for, in a Mo Harkless trade or something in 2019. Got to OKC, probably in the shade, Gilgis Alexander, Paul George trade, and then Miami traded for it back, but ended up giving OKC a pick further down the line. And then after 2025, if it does convey, Miami will have their own draft picks in years 2026, 2027, 2028, and 2029. And that is all of the logistical breakdown for the Miami Heat. We're now going to transition into the player personnel for the Heat for this upcoming season because that is going to be important if this team wants to capture that championship that they haven't been able to. At least, you know, at least, you know, with, I mean, with the current roster structure, they, they obviously won a few with LeBron, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh, and one even before that with D. Wade and Shaq, but we're not talking about the Miami Heat history right now. We're talking about their future. And I'll, I'll start with the team, out, team outlook, right? So Miami this year... Their regular season wasn't what they were necessarily used to, especially after like being the one seed last year, right? They were the number one overall seed, and this year they tumbled down to the seventh best record during the regular season, and then they lose to Atlanta in the play-in, and then they had to they had to beat Chicago in order to, you know, keep keep their hopes alive. And they did it. They they beat they, they beat the Chicago Bulls and they ended up as the eighth seed. And we all we all we all know how that went for them once they made it. And you know, you know, maybe maybe that regular season record that they weren't used to, maybe it helped them for the playoffs, maybe it rested them better, gave them more energy. I don't know, because they ended up taking down two the, the two best teams record wise in the league in the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics, as well as a really solid Knicks team. That that Knicks team is really good. I, I like it a lot. 
before falling to the juggernaut that was the Denver Nuggets that was just, you know, a, a literal buzzsaw. Every team they got through, it felt like it was just an easy series, one after the other. They, 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 they won pretty dominantly. And going back to the Miami, throughout the playoffs, they were obviously led by Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra, right? You have this 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 guy who has the, the I'm going to win this game for us mindset, and this coach who's been through a lot, knows how to win the playoffs. Those guys led the team. But the reason, the, the real reason that they were able to win the Eastern Conference was because their role players were playing incredibly, right? You, you had the guys like Max Struess, Caleb Martin, Kyle Lowry, Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson, you had those guys step up, right? Jimmy Beller can do a lot by himself, but he needs to have the rest of his team play really well, right? You, you, you can rely on Jimmy, you can rely on Bam. Tyler Hero's out for the playoffs. That just leaves the role players. And those guys stepped up big time. They stepped up big time throughout the playoffs, leading Miami to the NBA Finals. And then the role players kind of disappeared, right? They, they, they kind of disappeared in that Denver series, and they lost in five. And mainly the guys that quote unquote disappeared were guys like Max Struess. He he's the he's the obvious one, right? He had a terrible finals. But for 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 a streaky shooter, that that that's sort of how it goes, right? You're either on or you or you're off. Struess was off. Miami lost. Sort of how it went. And then Caleb Martin, his production also dipped after his great Boston series, which was kind of to be expected. But y- y- I I don't have the stats pulled up right now, but. I feel like it was a pretty decent drop from when he had been doing the entirety of the playoffs. And, and, and that's, how, that's how they got there, right? That's how they got to the finals. In order to win the finals, they're going to need that same production out of them. And they simply put, weren't able to get it. And therefore, they lost. And, and then the, the rest of the role players, the Vincent, Robinsons, and Lowrys of the world, uh, there's actually, there's really only three of them. There's, there's not multiple. The Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson, and Kyle Lowry, they were all decent, but they weren't like, you know they they weren't really good. They weren't stellar. They they mean they were they were fine. They they were fine, but you're gonna need more if you want to beat the Denver Nuggets in a seven game series. And I mentioned it earlier, but you have to remember that throughout the playoffs, Miami was missing their second best scorer. You know Tyler Hero. They they were missing him throughout the playoffs, which makes their success that it just makes it that much more impressive. Like I said. It, every single person in this organization deserves credit from from the top of the lineup, from the Jimmy Butlers to the bottom of the lineup to the Nikola Jovic's. <laughs> Udonis Haslam, obviously, his his voice is important. I'll talk about him more later. And to to the coaching staff, just every everyone involved in this series for Miami deserves deserves or throughout this everyone involved in this playoff run for Miami deserves a lot of credit for getting them to where they were with with a roster that's number one, not 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 super talented, and number two, missing their third best player, second best scorer, you know? So it, it's really impressive that they were able to do that. Like I said, shout out to everyone in that Miami organization. And and although they lost, like, this is still a good sign of things to come, right? It's a good sign that they're 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 right there. They're right on, 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 the, on the border of getting to that ultimate goal of a championship. And like I said, the, the goal next season is to carry over that success and turn it into the championship, right? And I feel like they can do that, but they've missed out twice now in the finals, right? They missed out in 2020. They missed out in 2023. They just got to get over get over the hump and get, get that championship. They're, they're the only team who've been to the finals twice in the last four years. No other team's done that. So, yeah, Miami has a winning culture, but they can't seem to get that championship. But they're, they're definitely right there. However... It's going to be really tough for Miami to get that championship, right? It's going to be really, really tough to carry that success over. It's going to be really tough 
Because number one, they don't have any money in free agency. Their, their money's already all spent on Jimmy Butler, Bam, Kyle Lowry, and, 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 and Tyler Hero, not to mention Duncan Robinson's $18 million. So they don't have money in free agency. That's number one. Number two, they don't have any really valuable young trade assets. They, they really don't have many. And they don't have a lot, and, and, or sorry, and they have a lot of guys, a lot of important players hitting free agency this offseason that could just walk, and, and you would get nothing back for them. And talking about free agency, specifically the, the guys hitting free agency this offseason are Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, Kevin Love, Udonis Haslam, Cody Zeller, and Omer Geert 7. And the most important this bunch are obviously Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, and Kevin Love, all of whom played important minutes in the finals for one reason or another. And out of these three, the one that I believe Miami should prioritize, and I feel like Miami fans will want to priori- pri- prioritize, and I feel like the team would prioritize, is, is Gabe Vincent. And th- there's many reasons for that, right? He seems to be happy in Miami. He seems to be want to be, want to be back. And that, that's always a good starting point, right? If, if they want to be back, it's like, okay, that, that's a really good starting point. You want to be back. Let's work on this together. We can have a... You know, a, 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 it's, it's not like a one, one offer type of thing, right? You could put in an offer, he could send in a negotiation. It, it, the, 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 what I'm trying to say is like the negotiations are open, right? It's not like, hey, if you don't offer me this, I'm leaving. He seems to be wanting me back. That, that'll help Miami with, you know, with doing so. And because Miami has his bird rights, there's a good chance that Miami can make that happen. But he will receive interest. Like Gabe Vincent's going to receive interest from teams who either need a just a solid starting point guard or a high-level backup. But I don't think he's going to get into a better situation, right? I don't think he's going to go to a team where he can number one play as much as he does, and number two be being as competitive as an environment as Miami is. That that's a really hard combo to find, and I don't think he's going to get it anywhere else other than where he is right now. So I think that he will be back. As for Max Struess, he's a lot more interesting because of his struggles throughout the NBA Finals, which probably is going to make Miami fans question his value, you know, if, if he can't hit threes, right? If, if Max Struess can't hit threes, what is he doing for you? That, that's an important question. That's an important question that I feel like Miami fans will probably be asking. Still, even if, like, still though, although he shot pretty bad in the Finals, he's still a valuable player. Like throughout the regular season, he shot it at 35% on seven three-point attempts. He did, let, me, let me see the exact value that he made per game. He made two and a half a game. That, that's pretty valuable. You know, th- those are some pretty important swing points that can give you the win or the loss. But you know, th- that's 35% is about league average. But when you're taking seven threes a game, chances are your percentages will be a little bit lower than a guy who's maybe shooting five better shots. When you're shooting seven, you may not be shooting great shots. It's sort of a weird balance. But like Vincent, Max Struess is going to have some suitors. He's going to have some teams who are going to be interested in his services. But Miami also has his bird rights, so Miami can bring him back if they want to. But unless Miami moves on from Tyler Hero, which I'll talk about that later, then they may not have like they, they may not heavily pursue bringing Max Struess back, right? They may not say, "Oh, we need Max Struess." If we don't have him, we're going to be down bad, you know? That's not, that, that, that doesn't seem like what they're going to be approaching it as if, if they have Tyler Hero next year. And from what I was reading, like from my research, it seems like 50-50, right? It seems like a 50-50 shot that he'll be back in Miami or he'll be elsewhere. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how, how, that, how, that, how that plays out, you know? 
It could go either way. I think that Miami, I mean, obviously Miami wants to bring him back. He's a high-volume three-point shooter who can swing the game in your favor if he's hitting them. And, and you know he can hit them. He's proved that he can. He just needs to be a little more consistent when it matters most, which, you know, he's got that experience now, right? He hasn't really had a final. He wasn't on the 20. Maybe he was on the 2020 team, but if he was, he wasn't playing a lot. So it really was his first finals sort of, you know, finals experience, basically. So I'm sure he'd be better with more experience. But who knows if Miami's even going to get back to the finals? Who knows? But I, I do think that Miami will pursue pursue him, but maybe not heavily. I don't, I don't think it's going to be heavily because they, they already have some guys who can handle that position. Like, and some of those guys are Duncan Robinson, Victor Oladipo, Haywood Highsmith, even Nikola Jovic, Caleb Martin could play the three if he has to. And I, I say the three because Duncan Robinson would probably have a shift to the two. My, Miami would be able to figure it out if, 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 if Struce leaves. I think, they, I think they, they wouldn't worry about, what, about losing depth if he leaves. I feel like they could replace him, fill in, fill in those roles fairly you know, fair, fairly easily, fairly. Uh, they would lose value, but they could do it. And then the last important, the last really important free agent is Kevin Love, and he'll be a desired piece by many competitive teams. And without his bird rights, there's a good chance that Miami isn't going to be able to hang on to him. A lot of stuff I was reading was saying Golden State, which that would be a crazy, uh, cr- crazy cycle for Kevin Love, right? Ending up on the team that he had to play. Kevin Love was there for all four, right? I feel like he was there for all four of the Cavs finals appearances, but... It'd be pretty crazy if he had played the Warriors, or if he played for the Warriors. But that, that's how things go sometimes. I don't know. I don't know if that's what'll end up. That was just a, a lot of articles I looked up had him ending up there. I I don't know the you know I I didn't really read them. I was just looking at them because I'm I'm doing my research. You know? I'm, I'm I'm make sure I can do the best I can. But like I said, if 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 teams like Golden State or like other competitive teams are are, are interested in him. Miami's not going to have his bird rights, and it's going to be tough for them to bring him back. But if they really do, they could probably bring him on a mid-level exception. So there's definitely ways they could bring him back if they really want it, if they really want to. But because I don't think Miami has a good chance of hanging on to him, I do expect him to leave. But I, I feel like Caleb Morton proved that he, he's fine starting. He's a, he's a fine starter. You might lose a little bit of height, but he makes up for it in defensive intensity and scoring ability. But yeah, like I say, he's not, not, he's, not, he's not the tall physical specimen that you're looking for. Kevin Love's maybe a little bit taller, maybe a little bit you know, bigger. That's why he played in the finals. That's why he started against Aaron Gordon because Caleb Martin can do it, but not as well as a guy like Kevin Love can. So Caleb Martin can start, but I think that Kevin Love's a nice guy to have just for matchup purposes. And then the rest of the free agents are less important. But I do think that one, I, 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 I definitely think that one of Omer, Yurt7, and Cody Zeller needs to be back as a backup center. Yurt7 is definitely going to be easier with his restricted free agency. But at the same time, he could be more expensive than Cody Zeller. But Miami can even bring back both of them if they want, right? But I feel like Yurt7, he was injured, I feel like, for the playoffs or something. But he, he didn't really play that much. But, you know, he, he's, a, he's a decent scoring center. And I, I don't know how bad Miami wants to keep him. He only played he only played nine games this season, so maybe maybe he's a little bit easier to keep around because of that. And you need to have one of him or Caleb Martin or not not Caleb Martin, Cody Zeller. You need to have one of those two guys, you know, back on the roster just 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 to make sure that you have the proper depth there at the center position to to back up Bam. You could even go get one in free agency if you had to, but I would advise keeping one of those two guys. 
And then the last free agent is Dennis Haslam, who will retire at 43 years old after winning three, win- three, three rings with Miami. And, and overall, for, for Haslam, it's been a great career from a great player who embodies heat culture perfectly, right? Miami is going to miss his locker room voice, right? The impact Udonis Haslam has, it, although it may not be felt on, like, physically on the basketball court, it's definitely felt, right? He has all this experience. You know, he won the 2006 NBA championship. He was on that team. That's a long time ago. He was able to win that. Like, Udonis Haslam has this experience. And that he's able to, you know, impress on these young guys. And he's able to teach them, and that's really valuable. So it'll, it'll, they'll, they'll definitely miss him, but it, it is definitely time for him to hang up the jersey and call it a career. And then one final potential free agent from the current roster is Victor Oladipo, who has a player option. If he's smart, he will accept it. It may not even be his decision. He may be, may be smarter not to accept it, but from, from what I, from my perspective, I think he should accept it. I, I really do. It, number one, it's good money. Number two, he's on a good roster that he will play on if he's not injured. If, he, if, if Oladipo's not injured, he will play. So I, I do think that they should bring him back, or I, I do think that he should accept the player option. Because there's really no reason not to, unless he wants to sign a longer contract with, with Miami. But for the Heat, that's probably not great, since that contract is about nine and a half million dollars. There's not much they can really do unless they can do this contract thing. I looked it up. I don't really know anything about it, but apparently they can like stretch his contract. It's like, called like a waving stretch or something. I don't know exactly how it works, but it will make his deal like three years with, with to split up that nine and a half mil. It would just be split up over three years. I'm not sure how that works, but if you can do that. That's pretty solid. Not sure if they're going to be able to, but that that's, that would probably be what Miami would look for. But I think the Oladipo would probably want to accept the option and just get the nine and a half this season, and then get more if he, if he can find you know, it, be back on Miami elsewhere. Who knows? And with all of those signings, with all of the players I mentioned, chances are that Miami is going to be in between like one hundred eighty to two hundred million dollars in contracts on the books, which really doesn't leave a lot of room for agent signings. Doesn't really leave a lot of room for free agent signings, and they may not even have like a mid-level exception with the new CBA stuff. I don't know exactly how that works, but I know you don't really get that mid-level exception if you're over a certain amount of money. I don't exactly know how that works, but they may not have one if they get too expensive. But maybe they use it on Kevin Love. I don't know how that works. But because free agency is going to be tough for Miami to 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 improve through. That leaves trade as the only way for Miami to either one clear salary and be able to sign guys, or two improve the state of the roster. Both are going to be hard, but they they, they can they, they can do it. And the most valuable trade asset from the current roster would definitely be Tyler Hero. Right, he's a younger guy who's an electric scorer. That's what he's going to bring to your team. And for teams who need that, he's basically perfect for that role. And if they're able to pair Tyler Hero with some of their draft picks, like maybe the number 18 pick this year, they pair them with some of these draft picks. They could probably net an all-star or a, or a player of all-star caliber. They could probably get the type of a guy to come in and be that third guy next to Jimmy and Bam because that's, that's really what you're looking for. I think Hero can be it, but I think Miami proved that he's not an absolutely necessary part of the roster because they got so far in, in the playoffs without Tyler Hero being there. You know, they did not have Tyler Hero, and they were still able to make the NBA Finals, you know? And, and th- that says, okay, we're, we can move on from this guy and get somebody else who can come in, number one, be healthy, which sometimes you can't control, but number two, you know, be a guy who could be that third guy next to Jimmy and Bam that actually 
they can win with. You know, I'm not saying they can't win with Hero. I'm just saying that they that, that they didn't really. They, they they really didn't win a lot with Hero. At least this this season. You know, at least this season because the regular season wasn't great, and in the playoffs he was injured. So <laughs> they really didn't win that much with Hero this season. But they 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 could move on. They they definitely could move on. But I could also see them keeping him because when he does play, he is really good. He is a really good player when he does play. And I, I talked about this a second ago. Miami has the 18th pick in the NBA draft, which they could keep it. You know, they they would def- they, they could definitely keep it, and that would not be a bad idea. You know, you could sort of get a guy who will definitely be on the roster. You know, you can get that backup center. You don't have to worry about it. You can get a – I would probably aim for a shooting guard or small forward. Who knows? They can even get a point guard. You can get a power forward. They can sort of get whatever they want and just – have security there because they, they have rookies have long-term deals at least for a little while so you, you can have security there as long as they're good obviously if you get a bad player then it's useless but if you're able to draft a solid player which Miami is a good tracker track record of doing then they should be fine uh, at least you know adding adding depth wise but they could also trade this pick right they could trade it on draft night and they could trade it before draft night and I wouldn't be surprised if they do I would not be surprised if they make a draft day trade to move out of the draft and it's that snag a solidified piece, right? As, as I was saying about rookies, you never really know. Although Miami does have a good track record of drafting good rookies, that doesn't mean they will this season. You know, that, that, that that's not set in place. So maybe they could get a more solidified piece that way. And if, and if they're going to trade Hero, like if they're already going to trade Hero, you might as well do it with that pick. You know, you might as well. Not only is it, is it an extra asset, but it'll give Miami more information for free agency because, number one, like... You'll have more money to sp- you'll 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 know money wise what what you're looking like, and number two you'll know who's on the roster you'll you'll know if Tyler Hughes off the roster and you'll know hey we gotta bring Max Struess back we need a two guard you know and that that that's sort of the way I see it or or they bring in a two guard and they're like oh we still don't need him let it let him go so who knows and from what it sounds like I I'm 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 saying y'all know I made these notes like the day before the Bradley Beal trade. When it sounds like they they were a finalist, they were a finalist to acquire Bradley Beal, and if that's the case, right? If they they're a finalist to acquire Bradley Beal, then they have to be willing to trade a package of Tyler Hero, right? That that, that that's a hundred percent what Miami was offering. If it wasn't, then I don't know why Washington would even have been interested. Personally, I would have rather taken the Tyler Hero deal than the Chris Paul one. That's just me, because chances are that they could have gotten to. I would have. You know, if if you're watching and you would have been, I would have been happy with a Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Nikola Jovic, number 18 pick, and and two other draft picks. That that would I would have been happy with that. I don't know. I don't know if that's exactly what Miami was offering, but that that works contract wise. They like as I'm a young player, I feel like that helps Miami. They cleared Duncan Robinson's con. I I feel like that's a good deal. But maybe Miami, maybe that wasn't what Miami offered. Maybe Washington didn't want that, and. The good thing is that Miami's willing to do this. They know that they're right there, right? For Miami fans, you know, hey, we're looking to make moves. We're looking to take ourselves over the top. That's what they're, that's a, that's what it, this this means. And and if, if this type of a trade, right? Obviously, the Bradley Beal one, it's it's unavailable now. But if this type of a trade where they go out and get an All Star, if this type of a trade goes through and is finalized, then Miami not only will be a lot better talent wise, which they lack, but they may they like I said, it's going to give them more free agent news and information because they may have to re-sign guys like Struess in order to retain depth. But I think they'd be more than happy to do that if they're bringing in a star guard, right? You either bring in a star guard or a star power forward because you need either, you one, you would need height. Number two, you just need 
more strong guard play. Not that it's bad. Just, you know, maybe a little stronger guard play. I feel like Bradley Beal would have been that, but didn't didn't work out that way for Miami. And that's most of the stuff that I wanted to talk about for the Heat today. In recap, Miami needs to somehow take this team over the top, right? They're they're right. They're right on the cusp of the championship. They should have to take this team over the top. Take them over the top. Get to, get to the top of a mountain. Get to get to the top of the mountain. And it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be really tough this offseason, considering their lack of money, their lack of valuable young pieces outside of Tyler Hero and draft picks. They don't have money. You know, if, if you put Hero and draft picks in a valuable pot, you know, <laughs> just you, you put them together. Outside of those guys, they have no money. They have no young pieces. It's gonna be really hard to improve. Just, it's gonna be really hard to improve. But they can do it. It would just basically cost them any valuable pieces they have. Simply put. Also, they need to decide what free agents to bring back. The most important ones are Vincent, which they definitely should bring him back. I, I'm I'm 100% in. Bring back Gabe Vincent under most circumstances, unless teams are paying him like 20 million dollars. You know what I mean? If you can get him back in like 12 to 15, maybe even less than that, you're happy. And then there's Max Struess. If he's cheap, bring him back. If he's necessary for depth, bring him back. Otherwise, you don't pursue him heavily. You give him a fair contract. If he declines, he declines. See how it goes. And then Kevin Love. I don't think he'll be back, but if you can get him back cheap or if you can just get him back in general, I think you'd want him back. I just don't think Miami's going to have the ability to bring him back unless they use like mid-level exceptions and stuff. And then this offseason, they also need to explore trade for Tyler Hero if possible. You know, he's the valuable piece. And he's he's the most valuable piece that Miami has in their roster, at least trade asset-wise, that they're willing to trade because they're not going to trade Jimmy or Bam. Uh, out of pieces they're willing to trade, he has the most valuable one. And Miami clearly doesn't need him because they were so good in the playoffs without him. And, you know, maybe he'll be more valuable elsewhere. Maybe he'll be more valuable, not more valuable elsewhere, as I said, considering that Miami didn't need him on the run to the finals. So look, look to trade him if you're going to improve and the last thing is just pair pair Jimmy and Bam with that pair Jimmy and Bam with that third player if possible if possible to get this team to a place where it can match up with other rosters talent wise since they they're, they're going into every game right Miami's going to have the advantage in one coaching they're going to have that advantage and two they're going to have the advantage mentality wise and leader wise Jimmy Butler has is a great leader I I, talk, I I I love Jimmy Butler I talk about him all the time He's a great leader, number one. And number two, his mentality is awesome, right? He just has that killer mentality, like, we are going to win this game. It does not matter how. We're going to win this thing. They're going to have that advantage. If they can match up talent-wise, they're going to be a scary team. They're going to be a scary, scary team. And that is what Miami needs to do this offseason. They want to be able to get to that championship level because they're oh so close. And if they're able to make this type of a playoff run, why can't they do it again? The one thing I will say is that teams are not going to underestimate them anymore. I'm pretty sure that's what, probably what the Bucks were thinking. Maybe not by Boston. Boston was having their own turmoil. But Miami did look, or Milwaukee did look like a really complete team, and Miami just beat them. Maybe because they overestimate. Maybe because Milwaukee underestimated them. Who knows? I'm, 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 <laughs> I don't know how that. I forget how I related that, but I'm, I'm assuming that I did. But that, that's it for the Miami Heat podcast. If y'all did enjoy, make sure y'all do show support on whatever streaming service you're listening on. Hopefully I get the Denver one out tomorrow. Fingers crossed. I know y'all want it. Maybe y'all don't want it. I don't know. Hopefully y'all want it tomorrow because I'm working hard to get this thing out for for y'all. But as I said, thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm out.